0: Hey, everyone, I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. Uh, Still very much fighting a cold, but let's fight through this thing and dig deeper into what we saw in the Steelers' loss to the Bengals. Folks, it's all going down at the FanDuel Sportsbook and Lounge at Live Casino, where you can get in on all the action this football season. Bet on your teams with a sportsbook rep or at our self-service kiosks and then jump into the stadium on our giant 40-foot video wall. How's that for a touchdown? Join your friends at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Bet, watch, and win. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm going to start with my stock up, stock down type of moves here. Stock up has to be Najee Harris. More explosive, healthier Handling the workload. Warren was did barely played. We'll talk about some snap count stuff to finish up the show. Um, He kind of looks like last year, Najee, which, again, as we mentioned yesterday, isn't exactly a top five back. I mean, but it's a quality upper tier starter. You'll take it. I mean, especially where we were at with him just a month ago, two months ago. You'll definitely take it. Um, Touched on this yesterday, but I think it's definitely true. More route concepts, more helping Kenny with route concepts. Again, I haven't watched the All-22 yet, but more in-breaking routes. Watching Pickens and these guys run slants as opposed to just go after go or comeback. I was happy to see that. Speaking of Pickens, I think Stock has to be up. I mean, I know he had a, a a drop that would have padded his stats, but probably wouldn't change the game late. But And he also got kicked out of this game which I kind of liked. I mean, he's playing with attitude. He's He gets kicked out on the on the onside at the end because he's feisty, competitive, nasty, however you want to say it. But I don't think those traits are going away. And I think this team needs some of that. And he is aggressive. I mean, I, I like everything about his attitude and aggressiveness. Fryer was a stock up yesterday, but guy is really good. I mean, I'm starting to think he's already the fifth best tight end in the league. I mean, that's the neighborhood he's in now in terms of what he does. I thought he blocked well in this game too. I mean, he's certainly a developing blocker, an improving blocker. Not that he stunk at it before. I think there's a misconception that he came in the league as a great blocker. He certainly didn't. Speaking of tight end blocking, Gentry did really well in this game as well. I have mixed feelings about him on the field as much as he was, and we'll talk about that when we get to snap counts, but... Um, when he was out there, he was blocking well. Um, two of the offensive linemen I thought played really well in protection were Chooks and Dotson. Uh, both those guys had plus games, I thought, in protection. So that was good to see. Dotson's a little up and down week to week. But this was an up game for him to me. You um, have to mention Cam Hayward. His run defense was phenomenal start to finish. And his second half pass rush, I thought, was great. Watt was as good as ever. I mean, he's TJ Watt, and no worries. I mean, no setbacks, played a lot of snaps, superstar. Um, I want to say, I mentioned Hayward, but I also wanted to call out Adams and the rest of the D-line. I mean, the, the big people on defense. I would like to Adams have more snaps than Alulu. We'll talk about that. He's the only one that I didn't think played well, was Tyson Alou But a good group overall from the Steeler defensive line, which also leads to tip balls. This team's gotten really good at getting their hands up, disrupting passing lanes, tipping balls in the air. Uh, that can't be overlooked. I don't think it's an accident. Uh, I also thought it was a good day by Presley Harvin. Um, punted six times. Average 45 and a half yards per punt. There was one that wasn't great, but that's what you're after. Uh, I mean, I, I thought Harvin had a good game. Um, Sims muffed one, and that wasn't pretty, obviously. But his returns, other than that, stock up. I mean, I thought Sims is a returner. His reliability is a little questionable, but he, he makes plays with the ball in his hands, especially in the return game. I like that. Um, hey, you scored 30 points. I mean, it's the first time you've done that in a million years. Stock up to scoring. Uh, A couple of their guys stood out uh, that I didn't expect or didn't notice as much. Of course, I'm focusing on the Steelers right off the bat. And if you remember, yesterday's podcast was two minutes after the final buzzer sounded. So, you know, I didn't dig in deep. But their two linebackers, Logan Wilson and especially Jermaine Pratt, uh, were very effective in this game, especially against a run, but covering a lot of ground. That's a really good duo, and they haven't had good linebacker play there, off-the-ball linebacker play for quite a while, but they do now. Um, I was really hard on Jonah Williams, the left tackle, leading up to this game, but I thought he fared quite well. I thought maybe it was the best game of the season. And Burrow, I mean, Burrow was an elite player in this game. The Steelers threw a lot at him handled it with ease i mean that that place was rocking was loud didn't phase him at all didn't have chase i mean elite quarterback play and i don't throw that word around very much is unbelievably hard to defend i mean it's kind of like if you watch chargers chiefs last night i'm recording this on tuesday again under the weather i apologize but you know herbert goes down and scores with like two minutes left and Herbert's a great player. I mean, her Herbert's a Burrow level type player that doesn't have much around him, but an elite player like, and I think all these guys are, but the elite player like Mahomes, you knew he was going to score. It's like He didn't even flinch. Like he left me like two minutes on the clock. Of course I'm going to win this game. You know I mean? Burrow had some of those qualities yesterday. Um, some stock down stuff. Second half offense across the board. I mean, just brutal. Really, really brutal. Um, first down production and then we saw a lot of runs on second and long that made things tough going forward i might need to i'm going to look into that more i I do want to look at their yards for play on first down i didn't do that yet but didn't love the bevy of second down runs after first down didn't go so well um just a week ago i was praising dan moore as a run blocker even talked about maybe he's a really good guard his run blocking was bad in this game, though. I mean, I was, I've been paying attention to that as a run blocker specifically with him. Just thinking big picture, what's his future? His run blocking was not very good in this game. Um, tackling, we will get to that. Tackling was really bad, especially against P Ryan. P Ryan, they had a hard time getting him on the ground. I mentioned, hey, they scored thirty points, stock up, but you allowed thirty seven points minus Jamar Chase and Mixon for almost the entire game. That's definitely a stock down situation. Um, Spillane, (laughs) I always pick on this guy, but I just don't understand why he's out there as much as he is. His coverage was brutal in this game. I mean, really bad. And I don't understand why. And people certainly are to some degree, but I would throw at him like almost every snap. I don't understand why he's out there as much as he is especially with Jack being healthy, and we'll talk about his snap counts and KZ being healthy. There's a lot of other options. Um, Millett had a tough game. Ideally, I think you want Sutton to be the nickel. I mean, Millett's an easy guy to root for, but this was – I'm not sure where I got this one from, but Millett surrendered six catches on nine targets for 81 yards and one of the four Bengals – passing touchdowns. I mean, it's just not good enough. I mean, he's a limited player. Um, Steelers' kickoff coverage I didn't think was great either. I mean, both these teams had some decent returns. We talked a lot of field position yesterday. Uh, I think also the return games had a bigger influence on this game than maybe we realized on first blush. (coughs) I will say neither team... Was great in pass protection. I called out a couple of the Steelers I thought were good. But the left guard, Volson, who everyone's kind of known as the weak link of that team. Wow. I mean, he, he I, I, he's not an NFL starter. They need to find another guard in the offseason. Uh, that, that's a hole for them. We talked a lot about DJ Reader leading up to this game. I mentioned yesterday I wasn't super impressed with his immediate impact. And on second watch, I wasn't all that impressed either. So I'm sure he's just working his way back. and But he did not change this game all that much. So uh, I'll be back here in a moment. Quick break. Some nuggets to just kind of back up some of the things I said about ups ups and downs. Uh, Going back to the tackling, way too much yardage allowed after the catch. And this was the NFL.com next-gen stat of the game. Joe Burrow attempted three passes with targets behind the line of scrimmage on Sunday. All three passes produced touchdowns. The most such passing touchdowns in a game during the Next-gen stats era, for however long that is. thrown behind the line of scrimmage shouldn't end up in touchdowns. I mean, it's P. Ryan. I mean, P. Ryan was tough to get on the ground, but he's not a special player. You know, why they have such a hard time tackling P. Ryan? Um, Cincinnati had two touchdown drives that accounted for 92 and 93 yards. That, that 185 total yards in those two possessions – was one fewer than the Saints gained the entire week last year. You know, so as good as the Steelers did, I think I think that was from Dale. The uh as good as the Steelers did last year or last week, they gave up that exact same amount basically on two long drives. I mean, you can't give up drives at 92 and 93 yards. Raved about Higgins yesterday, um, really concerned about the Steelers' inability to handle Top twenty, top twenty-five type wide receivers. I might even write about that for the site this this week. Um, but eight of Higgins' nine catches produced a first down, and eight of and five of them, those eight catches were explosives. I mean, they were big plays, brutal. I mean, that's screams corner help. Um, not all bad, though. Of course, I mean, second straight game the Steelers did not turn the football over. Tremendous. I mean, that they that, they have to be. Even or plus in that category. Um, Steelers also posted their two longest touchdowns of the season uh, the 19 yard run by Harris and the 24 yard catch by Pickens. So they are starting to score from high red zone, outside of red zone, that type of thing. Um, so we've seen two games without Claypool. And in those two games, Najee has 20 carries for the second straight week. Maybe he'd have I'm sure he'd had less of Warren got hurt or didn't get hurt, but still, it's two weeks in a row with 20 carries. Um moves got 12 targets, caught eight for 79. Pickens had four catches on six targets for 83. But Deontay, he only had five targets, and only caught four, and he caught four of them for just twenty one yards. Um this was a quote by Kenny Pickett was with the coverage they were playing, I felt like we weren't letting Deontay get singled up. Um, what I will say, and I have not watched the All-22, but and this is a feather in Johnson's cap and a big reason why I tell you guys he's worth the money, all those things, as is usually the case, but it was very clear in this one. And that Pickens quote kind of backs it up is teams treat Giante like he's the number one. They don't roll coverages equally He's the one they worry about most. I mean, especially, I mean, and this is true for a team that he's played against a lot, a coaching staff that knows him well. People around the league respect Johnson quite quite a bit. Um, I don't love this. The Steelers dropped back 44 times and ran at just 24. In a game that was basically close from the start, um, they did average 4.3 yards a carry. Najee was at four or five. Um, He's. Again, he back to back weeks of 20 carries 90 or more yards in back to back weeks, I would have liked to see more run, especially on second blush. And I do have a Monday morning quarterback, uh, you know, feel to this. But as well as Burrow was playing, I think running the ball would have been advantageous as opposed to a 44 to 24 ratio. Um the third quarter was brutal though. Uh, the, the third quarter the Steelers gained 19 yards on four possessions and went three and out on all four of those drives. Uh five of the Steelers' eight second half drives went for 97 seconds or fewer. Again, maybe run the ball would have helped that. There's some hindsight involved there, don't get me wrong, but I mean, five of their second half drives were like a minute and a half or less. And I know we're, you know, we're not being gentle on the defense, but you keep putting them out there. Keep putting them out there late in games. Bad things are going to happen. Missed tackles on P. Ryan's going to happen, no matter who the defense are. Uh, The three injuries to worry about are Warren, Cole, and Boykin. You guys are probably all aware. And I just mentioned that, too, because Steelers play Monday night. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday. Maybe we just don't know those answers yet. Um, I think there's a downgraded center when Holt Cole was out. Warren's a good player. I think they like getting Boykin on the field, Uh, which brings me to snap counts. Um, This doesn't sound great for the Steelers, D. Trenton Irwin, (laughs) Uh, the wide receiver for the Bengals. He played 46 snaps in this game, and they put up 37 points with Trenton Irwin on the field quite a bit of them. Mentioned that P. Ryan did play well, but they didn't make this clear on the uh, when you're watching the game. Mixon only lasted 14 snaps before he was concussed, so that change was made early. Um, here's some more Steeler snap count things that I thought were noticeable. This is the offensive stuff. Sims Sims played 32 as opposed to 31 offensive snaps by Gunner. Boykin only lasted three. I wonder if he would have been up around 15 or so had he not been injured. Gentry played 30. And side note, those four players, Sims, Gunner, Boykin, Gentry, I mean, we talked about this last year. These are post-Claypool moves. Which is good. I mean, we're going to figure that out. We're going to see what sticks post-Claypool. But none of those guys are players in the NFL that other teams are unhappier on the field. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, Gunnar Olszewski's out here, 31 snaps. How are we going to deal with that? I mean, that's just, they're just not difference makers. They have their roles. Um, Mention Warren's injury. Him and Snell each played three snaps. So it's going to be the nausea show as long as Warren's out. And Watt, at fullback, played seven, which, again, the last two weeks, post-Claypool, I think are his highest snap counts of the year, if I'm not mistaken. If not, they're right near the top. Uh, I promised you I'd tell you how much Reader played. He was not very impactful, but he only played 44 of 73 snaps for the Bengals. Uh, a couple defensive snap count things. This Spillane thing keeps making me crazy, too. He played 38 of 66 snaps. Compared to forty-one by Jack, thirty-five by Bush. Spillane should never outsnap Bush. I mean, I'm sorry, or be right behind Jack. I, I don't get that, especially with a big nickel package available. And I say that I keep bringing up big nickel when talking about Spillane because most of his snaps are in dime. But so why not play three, three safeties? You know, three corners, Jack and the front four, as opposed to Spillane being out there. I, I don't understand this infatuation with him playing 50 percent of your defensive snaps. Everyone's going to pick on him if they don't already. Saints coverage was bad, too. They just didn't take advantage of it. I mentioned KZ. He only played 26 snaps and the nose tackle thing we talked about earlier. I mean, Adams is a much better player than Alou right now. but Tyson played 14 snaps. Adams played 11. Those tackle snaps, I mean, they get beat up, but I'd like to see Adams at 18 and Lulu at six or whatever that is. You know, something like that. Um, Last note (laughs) is if you recall, if you listened to yesterday's pod, um, it was right after the game. I was a little wound up, disheartened and feeling like crap, to be honest with you, as I am today. And some of you on Twitter, some nice about it, most not. You said Kenny Pickett's a lifetime backup. You don't know anything. You're an idiot, Williamson. I don't think that's exactly what I said. My concerns were, is he an elevator? Might he? I think the words that came out of my mouth were, might he just be a backup? By no means did I say, Kenny's a backup. He stinks. He has no chance. I would never phrase it that way. But there's some there's some concerns. So. But here's the way I'll phrase this, too. Um, on Peacock and Williamson, uh, the podcast I host every day, we break down every game on Monday and we were talking Jets Patriots, which was. Brutal offensively, two really good defenses. The game was won with a Patriot return. That was basically the only big play of the game. But what I was saying with this is put your yourself in the shoes of a Patriot or Jets fan right now. And Zach Wilson and Mac Jones are brutal, brutal, way more concerning than Pickett. I mean, and a year older, but brutal. And what I said to them, you know, hey, Patriot and Jets fans, if you look in your division, the AFC East, let's say a year and a half into their careers or Pickett's a half a year into a career. Wilson and Mac have now been basically starters for a year and a half. Tua and Josh Allen, the other two quarterbacks in the AFC East, if we analyze them or what was public perception of Tua and Allen a year and a half into their uh, careers, massive concerns. And those two are in the MVP race right now, Allen and Tua. I mean, when we a year and a half in, was man, it's, uh, the, the, Allen can't hit a broadside of a barn. He's not developing. Tua is an ordinary player at best. They, they need to go get a quarterback. They're they're gathering all these these picks so that if Tua busts, they can go trade up and get Smith or Stroud or somebody like that. So patience is unbelievably important here. Now, I'm not saying Zach Wilson or Mac Jones is going to turn into Tua and Allen, but at the exact same time in their career, in the exact same division, they were just as concerning as Jones and Wilson and Pickett's a year behind those guys. So, patience, patience, patience. And frankly, I regret saying the word backup yesterday, but eh, I was in the best mood and not feeling well and such is life. But some of you that weren't quite as nice on Twitter. If you think that you're so smart and dialed in on this and that, you know, that you know that Pickett is better than an NFL backup for his career. You're nuts. I mean, you don't know that. I don't know that. The Steelers don't know that. He doesn't know that to come out and tell me, Williamson, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. How could you say he's about ba- maybe a backup, which is what how I phrased it as opposed to, He's, gonna, he's definitely a starter. You don't know that yet. You definitely don't because he's not playing like an NFL starter. I mean, I think he will, but these are all projections. So there you have it. I think it was a good pod today. Uh, fighting through some stuff here. Hopefully I'm better tomorrow. Um, that's a wrap. See you.